My name is Catherine Arndt and I'm the Chief of the VLGA Connect Studio. I hope you enjoy today's Connect episode brought to you by the VLGA, the national broadcaster on all things local government. and welcome back to VLGA Connect. Delighted to have you with us for a special edition today and joining me is the CEO of the VLGA, Catherine Arndt. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you, Chris. And yes, it's absolutely delightful to be here today uh, talking with the Federal Minister for Local Government, Christy McBain, and um, really interested to, to hear what she has to say about the local government sector and some of the initiatives that um, will be taking place over the coming months. But back to you anyway. So without further ado, Minister McBain, welcome to VLGA Connect. Lovely to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And congratulations on, on the appointment. As, as someone who's been involved in local government for a long time, how is the role fitting at this point a few months in? Oh, look, I'm loving my role. I absolutely loved being involved as a councillor and mayor of uh, my own uh, regional council, which is Bega Valley Shire Council, uh, for, for close to eight years. Uh, and I feel really at home um, uh, with the portfolio. It's regional development, local government and territories is right in my wheelhouse. So I'm really looking forward to continuing to, to work with the sector, uh, to collaborate. And uh, I know how important uh, the local government sector is for uh, delivering uh, on behalf of federal and state governments. So uh, I'm really keen to make sure that uh, the local government uh, sector is given the, its due recognition in terms of uh, a trusted delivery partner for uh, the other tiers of government. Thank you, Minister, and congratulations also on your appointment. And it's so refreshing to hear and reassuring to hear uh, a minister who has local government in their portfolio not only have that local government experience themselves, but also understand the importance um, of the work that the sector does, as you said, on behalf of state and federal government. So how do you propose to engage with the local government sector now that you're in this portfolio? Look, I think it's really important that uh, we do engage and for far too long, uh, I know firsthand, I felt like often I wasn't being consulted or engaged uh, uh, by other levels of government. So uh, to that end, I think I've met with over a hundred uh, different uh, councils, um, regional bodies, uh, and uh, I've enjoyed each and every one of those interactions. Uh, was at the uh, last ALGA conference in June, uh, just gone by and, and met uh, with a number of people there and uh, on the sidelines of that as well. And in the lead up to the Jobs and Skills Summit, uh, I met particularly with uh, regional development uh, organisations, uh, but a whole uh, host of councils, joint organisations, um, local government professionals, uh, including uh, those uh, in your state. Uh, and I enjoyed each and every interaction because whilst uh, we might have a range of different issues happening, particularly in our local council areas, there were some consistent themes right across. And obviously uh, making sure that we have the skills needed uh, to deliver for communities within our councils uh, was one of those areas where uh, we are crying out for some help, especially project managers, engineers, planners and uh, building surveyors in particular. 
Um, the housing crisis uh, that is gripping uh, most regional parts of the country was well and truly born out at that. And obviously, from a local government perspective, um, we have some, uh, you know, in input and role to play there in the planning sector. Uh, but more generally, uh, the uh, idea of making sure that we had enough uh, training uh, locations to train up some of those people that work in our organisations uh, was a huge part as well. And whether we can um, work with local governments to make sure that we are training our own through um, traineeships and apprenticeships uh, within local council areas. So, um there's been pretty wide-ranging discussion so far in my consultation with uh, a number of councils, and I look forward to it continuing too. Minister, we might come back to the Jobs and Skills Summit and the housing uh, affordability issue in a moment, but there's some fresh news as we record this. Uh, the Prime Minister yesterday made uh, a statement that suggested the Australian Council of Local Governments would be re-established, and he also made some comments around uh, community infrastructure funding and decision-making at the local level. They were very refreshing comments to hear. Can you share any more with us about the government's thinking on that? So we will uh, definitely be re-establishing the Australian Council of Local Governments. Uh, we are aiming to host our first um, uh, big meeting uh, before the, the next ALGA conference, so June 2023, uh, and it will be a more direct way for councils to interact with uh, ministers in an Albanese Labor government. Um, the Prime Minister is obviously very connected uh, to this. He established the first Australian Council of Local Governments back in 2008 uh, and really wanted to make sure that the sector had that direct path to government. Uh, and his view on that hasn't changed and it aligns very closely with mine in that um, you know, our government will be successful if we can engage with local councils and help them uh, to deliver on the ground for communities. Uh, it is the, the level of government that has its tentacles in each town and village across this country, and we need to be working closely together to make sure that uh, we are helping each other to deliver for communities across this country. So uh, really looking forward to that uh, in June next year and uh, there is a fair bit of work for us to undertake uh, between now and then to make sure it is uh, done well, done successfully and results in outcomes for um, uh, each council area, but also for the entire country. Minister, if I can just follow up on the comments about the funding of local government, can we take some hints from the Prime Minister's comments that that, that whole funding model is under review? Look, we are reviewing a whole range of things at the moment. We've come into government at a time where uh, we have record debt levels, um, over a trillion uh, dollars in debt. Uh, but I think the thing that we are seeing is that local government can stretch dollars a lot further than state or uh, federal government can. And we want to be able to work with local councils to deliver the priorities for local communities. Having come from the sector, I know how important it is to actually have that place-based model um, of allowing communities to uh, fulfill their own needs and you know that locally led approach is the way we should be going and with the requirements on councils to put out their uh, delivery plans to to make sure that they are complying with community strategic plans on the back of uh, community consultation and surveys we should be helping them to deliver for communities uh, and so I think what you'll see from an Albanese Labor government is much more transparent 
much more transparent model of funding. Um, and we are looking at ways that we can work with local councils into the future through a, a range of funding mechanisms. Minister, if I could ask, what will be the membership of that Australian Council of Local Governments? Uh, it will be open to every council uh, across the country and in, uh, in our external territories. Um, I think it's important that uh, every council in this country has um, uh, the right to attend and uh, we will work with councils on how that may take place. Uh, we know it's difficult for some people uh, to get to Canberra, uh, but we thought we would have the best chance on the back of an ALGA conference. And so we will uh, set that as the timing uh, and we will look at ways that we can include councils that can't attend uh, in Canberra in person. Uh, but I think that uh, if COVID has shown us anything is that where there's a will, there's a way and we will make sure that this uh, conference goes really well. Uh, we will make sure that it will be attended by as many ministers as our local council representatives want to speak to. Uh, and we want to make sure that it is successful, that it will uh, be re-established in 2023 and hopefully roll on uh, for many years to come. Well, I think we'll be very excited to see how that all plays out. Minister, if I could ask you a question about some of the cultural issues in local government that seem to be getting a lot of attention at the moment and perhaps rightly so. Do you have a view on what, you know, what's going on or, or are you, I mean, it seems to be there's a number of cultural reviews happening across the country. Uh, we've got one in Tasmania, New South Wales and also Victoria. Look, I think it's important that local councils uh, abide by their codes of conduct, which are legislated for them. Um, that we have those uh, review mechanisms that take place uh, for local councils through those codes of conduct and, and most importantly that uh, local councils are the subject to each state's uh, independent corruption commission or, or whatever the name is it is uh, in any di different jurisdiction. Uh, I think it's become clear um, that the community expects people to be... Um, above board, they expect people to treat each other with respect. Uh, and most importantly, that we no longer will, um, we will not deal with bullying any longer, um, regardless of who sits around the table uh, and how many votes they got. If you are elected to a position, you are expected to uphold uh, standards, um, which in local councils are uh, legislated. And I really hope we are moving on to an era where uh, people of um, any age, any background, any, uh, you know, uh, different characteristic feel like they can stand for local government, that we are much more inclusive than perhaps we have been in the past. Uh, and we know from a, a number of studies already done that um, female participation across the sector still isn't great. Um, and we need to make sure that we are being more inclusive and holding ourselves to a higher standard. Um, I've come from the local government background and, you know, I think in federal parliament we can do a, a lot better than we have been too. Um, I come from a sector where there is established codes of conduct, where we are the subject uh, to an anti-corruption anti commission, and I want to see those same standards implemented in the federal parliament too. So uh, the more of us who can look at this as a, a um, worthwhile vocation, the more of us that will be happy to uphold the standards, um, and it's all about leading by example. There is a role to play uh, from not only our elected body, but our organisational body as well. And 
uh, I hope we are well and truly uh, moving into an era where those standards will be upheld. That's very well said. The sad reality is these cultural issues play out in the media and they're, they're damaging, quite frankly, to the reputation of local government as a sector. And they, they work as a bit of a barrier, don't they, to, to those inclusiveness uh, issues that you were talking about. I understand you'll be bringing the state local government ministers together later in the year for a discussion. Will that be on the agenda, do you think? Oh, look, I think it might be. There's, uh, you know, uh, a whole range of issues that we need to discuss um, as a sector. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to bringing those uh, state and territory ministers together uh, towards the end of this year to discuss a, a number of things, um, including uh, how we move forward as a sector, uh, working together to get the, the most out of um, uh, local councils and them being a trusted delivery partner. Financial sustainability is always going to be an issue that, that we need to discuss. Um, housing and planning will be a big issue of discussion um, for, for that meeting. Uh, and also um, how councils deal with that disaster response and recovery, which perhaps previously hasn't been um, seen as the role that, that local councils play. But we all know, uh, those of us in the sector know how important uh, it is that uh, we are actually recognised as one of those driving partners in disaster response and recovery. So uh, that comes at significant cost to some councils and we need to um, have a discussion about how we can help them uh, through that financial uh, impact that a natural disaster has on a local council and its, um, and its constituents. Minister, do you think the community, and, and you might be able to talk to this from your experience in local government, really understands the significant scope of the responsibilities of their local council? I have this discussion a lot with people. Um, when I first got elected, I think that the majority of people that came in were still talking to me about local council matters. And for so many people, um, they don't understand or, to be frank, probably don't care what each level of government does. Uh, if they get to the point where they are that frustrated that they're coming in to ask for help, uh, I think it's incumbent upon us, whatever level, is, it, to try to make sure that we do help somebody um, that gets to that uh, point but I also do a ton of education when I go around about you know you might think that your local council is rolling in cash from all the rates that you pay them um, but in reality um, most of our councils still need significant help from federal and state governments to run the organisation and deliver all of uh, the services maintain the assets that they have on your behalf so I do a, a bit of that education because I think it's really important that um, we don't shy away from how much local councils do. Uh, and I also do that with my own colleagues when we talk about some of the funding coming to local councils, about how much they deliver for us. And I think it's probably wi uh, widely misunderstood. Um, you know, we, we hear that old adage of it's roads, rates and rubbish. It's a hell of a lot more than that. And uh, I, for one, um, every time I'm in a, a region and I talk to uh, any of my constituents or organisations, I always say it is much more than that. Um, they do disaster response and recovery. They man roadblocks when we've got uh, COVID boundary uh, issues. Um, you know, they, they have filled the gap um, 
where other levels of government don't reach, you know. So, so many of our councils provide NDIS services or childcare services. Um, so many of our councils are doing things which perhaps don't necessarily belong with them, but know that no other organisation will provide it in a community uh, and they have to do so to make our communities livable. So um, my hat is off to each and every council area we have because they do a lot of work with a little amount of money uh, and sometimes get uh, a lot uh, of negative feedback. The negative feedback um, flows uh, quickly and easily um, and sometimes we don't get to hear the positive feedback so uh, anytime that something is done well I think we need to to acknowledge uh, those people that are doing the things well. And look as Chris said Minister the media uh, often doesn't assist really uh, in in the messaging um, and, and perpetuates it to some extent the roads rates and rubbish um, you know slogan yeah. The LGA has really been, um, you know, we, we talk regularly, of course, with the Minister for Local Government here in, in Victoria and been calling for the need perhaps for a community education campaign really in partnership with the state government and perhaps it's something the federal government could do as well to educate the voters on, in fact, these very significant governance responsibilities that elected representatives have at a local government level. Um, because that will also, I think, inform the way in which uh, perhaps, you know, the community casts their votes. And I think, I think it's important that people are casting their votes in an informed way to understand the responsibilities of the portfolios that those elected representatives are assuming. And, of course, we do know that, um, well, certainly in Victoria, the Local Government Act has very clear legislated governance responsibilities. So it's very different to, to other levels of government as well in terms of really they're managing or governing multi-million dollar service delivery businesses and um, not a lot of the community, are, well, there's an inconsistent understanding, I think, amongst the community on that. Look, I think there's some work for all levels of government to do to actually make sure that people understand uh, what it is that they do. Uh, you know, there's a civics education piece which not only should play out in uh, our school and education system, but should play out more widely whenever we're talking about the role of um, the three tiers of government uh, right across this country. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, they think that there would be nothing worse than being an elected member of any level of government, um, but it really is an honour and a privilege and uh, it's incumbent upon all of us in these roles to make sure that not only we are abiding by the standards that people would expect us to, uh, but also that we're, we're out there telling people what we're doing. Uh, and I think that there is a role for the elected officials to play in explaining to people, be really transparent about uh, the role that we play in communities. Uh, not long after I was elected as as mayor, I instituted a, a mayoral video after every uh, meeting, which basically gave, you know, a quick two-minute wrap-up of what our meeting was about, some of the uh, debate and discussion in the chamber. Uh, and the amount of people that said, thanks, I actually wasn't sure what happened, um, you know. And for some people, they're not going to come and watch uh, your, your council meeting and they're not going to live stream it or watch it back on replay. Um, but just really simple communication things that uh, as elected officials we could get better uh, is, is also key. Um, 
you know, we're elected to a, uh, a position and we need to make sure we communicate what our decisions are and how, um, how the actual council meeting uh, process works. Uh, something as simple as that actually gives people an insight into what we're doing. So there's a little bit on us as well to make sure that we are communi communicating back to residents and constituents what we're doing and why. You make a very good point, Minister. Sometimes you can watch a council meeting and the whole meeting procedure thing uh, leads you to not really understanding what actually <laughs> what actually happens. So, those, and, and uh, especially <laughs> when you get into the amendments uh, yeah. and then the debate on the amendment and then one amendment fails and you on to the next. So, look, it, it really um, can be complex, um, but if we're sitting in it and we understand it, we should be communicating that back out to yeah, our communities as well. A question that occurred to me when you were talking earlier um, about the different things councils are involved in, one of them has been aged care and a number of councils have been making decisions to get out of that space and they've used the Commonwealth reforms as a strong reason why. Are you uh, at all concerned about that and are those reforms something that you would take another look at? Look, I think um, for, for so long, as I said, councils have sort of picked up the slack where uh, other levels of government have uh, moved out of or the private sector um, hasn't decided to go into those in some of our towns and villages. Um, you know, for so long, uh, aged care was about um, low-care residential hostels. Uh, and what we are seeing now is uh, aged people ageing in place, staying at home and getting home care services into their uh, into their homes. Um, and so people aren't going into nursing uh, care uh, or aged care facilities until they have more high and complex needs, which really does change the sector. I think that we really have to have a good look uh, on the Aged Care Act. It was uh, implemented in, I think it was 1997, you know, 25 years ago, and the models of care have significantly changed. And I think it's incumbent upon uh, us as communities to start having some discussions about what it is we expect aged care to be going forward. Um, I think there will always be uh, a need uh, in every um, uh, one of our communities to have an aged care facility or something close by that is uh, for those high and complex needs. And we really have to have a discussion whether that low care model uh, is something that people are interested in anymore uh, or whether that's the model we should be moving out of. So I think there's some discussions that need to play out and I think that plays out differently um, depending on where you live. Uh, you know, in metropolitan Melbourne, the discussion is extremely different than it is going to be, uh, you know, in uh, Malakuda mm. or Mildura. So, mm. you know, we really have to have a discussion based on the place in which uh, you live uh, because that, that uh, model of need will be very different. Conscious of time, Catherine, perhaps one last question for the Minister? Yes, look, I think we do have to ask this question because there will be some of our viewers who will be interested. What is Labor's view on constitutional recognition of local government? Yeah, look, I think um, we have made very clear that our priority is going to be on that Indigenous voice to Parliament uh, and enshrining that voice in our constitution. Um, we won't be muddying the waters with an additional question um, on that uh, 
in this term of parliament. Uh, so that will be uh, the, the referendum we'll be holding um, in uh, a first term uh, Albanese Labor government. Uh, but going forward, uh, I hope to have some further discussions with the sector and with my colleagues around constitutional recognition of local government. Uh, it was on the table uh, in the last Labor government uh, and I believe it's something that we still need to have a serious discussion about. Uh, and obviously going forward, that financial sustainability piece and that uh, constitutional recognition really go hand in hand. So uh, looking forward to continue to have those conversations, but it will not be, it will not feature in a first term Labor government. Thank you, Minister. Look, we've really appreciated your, your time today and look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks so much for having me. And please, guys, I am only as good an advocate as uh, the intel that I get from the sector. So uh, my office is continually open uh, to you, to your members, uh, to each and every council uh, across this country. And I want to make sure that we have really good engagement in this sector. It's that important to me. And I think it's that important to an Albanese Labor government because our success will definitely depend on the success of local councils right across this country. So please feel free to get in touch anytime. Look, really do appreciate that offer. And, and, and also please um, reach out to us if you'd like to share some exciting news or uh, anything with the sector via this program, we'd be very happy to do that as well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much, Federal Minister Christy McMain, with us on this special edition of VLGA Connect.